Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. It is the midweek episode and I've got something. I'm looking for the next Cedric Mullins. Did a lot of research. I'll explain it. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. His name is Jake. We got BBD behind the dish. No Trev today. Midweek episode. We got two topics. One big, one small, one I made up, one Ken Rosenthal kind of spurred on. Jake, how you doing? Ken Rosenthal, Short Kings episode. Trev getting nasty in Calabasas. BBD, everyone listening live. Hey. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day. Midweek episode. Um, Jim, your eyes lit up on the topic, and it's a real fun one. I'm I'm excited to get in there and see what the numbers say. It's just juicy time of year. Uh, juicy time of year. I'm not even going to mention anything about how I got lost in organizations and that matters and it gets away from players and stuff and then – the Phillies get shut out by the Orioles and the Braves take care of business. I'm not going to mention anything. The Phillies like got that. shut out by the Orioles? Yep. Yeah, last night? Yep. So Monday night? Ooh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that. Trying to get in. Was it John Means? Um, I don't think so. I can look it up. Um, let's see. So but, if it's John Means, I kind of get it. He's a very good pitcher. But if it's anyone else, I don't get it. What so does fingers John crossed means? that it was John Means. It was John Means. Okay. He's good. I mean, he's a really good pitcher. He's so. good, but, you know, playoff race. He outdueled your guy, Ranger. Didn't know that. Wasn't trying to bring that up. What did Ranger do? Six innings, two. Oh, so I it's mean, fine. that's yeah. not a Ranger's fault. Got to beat the Orioles. I'm not bringing any of that up. Um, no, we're not going to talk about that at all. We're not going to discuss that. So, yeah, man, it's it's getting juicy as, um, you know, the roller coaster of Yankee fandom is going on. Going on. Going on. Building up to... Philly accent. What'll be a big Yankees Red Sox weekend at Fenway this year? Someone will be sad. I'm. I've now like started to prep my whole week around that. Like when are those just, those just games next week? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <sighs> Sunday night baseball, all that. So yeah, Ooh, I've, baby, I've started to mentally prep for that, and hopefully the Mets can help out the Yanks a little bit. Uh, otherwise, in the baseball world, I'm just winning bets, snapping necks, and cashing checks. Chickens. Or the necks? Never snapped an animal's neck. No, I never snapped a neck. Maybe like a... No. If there's like a inanimate object and there's a part of it called the neck, maybe I've snapped Broke that. a kid's collarbone once. You did? Yeah. Oh, dude. I got to tell you something that doesn't pertain to this episode. We'll get to the baseball. Okay. All right. We got two things here. One, let, should we do this first or my big one first? Hey, BBD. Hey, BBD. Hi. I would do the. I think I'd do the big one. The big first. one first. All right. So here's how this started. Okay. Are you ready? You want to so. do something first? Yeah. This one is brought to you by Magic Spoon Cereal, my mm-hmm. favorite cereal, guilt-free cereal for mm-hmm. adults, cereal that you don't have to feel guilty about because it's not just candy in a box. The cereal aisle is littered with a lot of terrible things. They got Twinkie cereal now. Mm. They got s'mores cereal. Twinkie. They have Twinkie cereal and s'more cereal. That. It's uh, it's bad Spanky. times. So what Magic Spoon has done is they've made a guilty-free, guilt-free cereal. 
for adults, zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs in each serving, 140 calories a serving. And I have to tell you something else, Jake. I was eating the strawberry and the banana, the, the secret flavors I got when I subscribed, and I liked them, and they were good. And I was mixing them to make kind of like a strawberry banana smoothie, strawberry mm. banana milk. You got all the ingredients there. I went back because I finished both those boxes, and the next one I had available was fruity. And I had a bowl of fruity, and it hit way different. Fruity, I think, has been underranked in my rankings for a while now. Oh. And it made a big breakthrough. I didn't know you had fruity low. Well, I have blueberry and maple waffle ahead of it and frosted. I, and I, I think, think maple f- waffle's a mistake. I like maple waffle and what it brings, and it's kind of like an ooh, but I think fruity on a day-to-day basis. Yes. You're getting a five-war player. Fruity tastes like the other cereal that starts with fruity, um, but it's healthy for you because it's Magic Spoon. Magicspoon.com slash baseball. To grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today, go to magicspoon.com slash baseball. Be sure to use our promo code baseball at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident their product is back with a 100% happiness guarantee, so if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash baseball and use code G. Why would I say that when it's code baseball? Mm. Code baseball. Code baseball to save five dollars off. All right, so a couple things happened. One, our friend Craig Calcaterra, uh, who runs one <laughs> of the more funny Twitter accounts you'll ever see. It's interesting. A wild like, Twitter. Account. It's a it's a human that likes rabbit holes. Running a Twitter account. We had him on a show once, and in, and I like Craig. He's a good guy. He tweeted out, uh, I think it was a quote tweet, a um, a link to the second oldest recorded radio broadcast of a baseball game that still exists. Mm. A game from 1934 between the Indians and the Yankees. Lou Gehrig's in it. And I was driving to work, and I was like, this sounds like it might be interesting for 10, 15 minutes. Mm. So I listened to the broadcast. At one point, the announcer, who was announcing this game in 1934, referred to a switch hitter as a turnaround batter. Mm. And I said, he's a turnaround batter, which was awesome. Yeah, Haven't heard that. Don't know if it ever really existed or if this was just one dude, but a turnaround batter. That made me start thinking about turnaround batters as I was driving. Made me think about how they're dying in baseball. Sure. Made me think about how Cedric Mullins was a turnaround batter last year and pulled the plug and just hits from the left side now. And is is left side? Left side only for Cedric. Just hits from the left side, and now he's an all-star. He's a top three outfielder in the league. He's absolutely crushing it. Cedric Mullins. So then I thought, it'd be a pretty fun experiment to find the next guy that should do this. Mm. The next switch hitter whose splits are so crazy that maybe in 2022 someone advises him, why don't you just hit from that side? Mm. So I went. I did a lot of research here. I put it all on a Google sheet. You have it. It's kind of dense. Like I said, it's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. I just kind of figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So I have, yeah. So I took all players that had around 140 plate appearances. Which is kind of like I should have done a higher threshold, but there's some young guys that I wanted to talk about, so I left it at that. Uh, 140-ish plate appearances uh, from both sides, and then I put their lefty split, their righty split, and then I took their uh, higher OPS minus their lower OPS from both sides. Net OPS. And I wanted to find the guys to have the biggest differential Mm. in OPS. So... 
you really, if you don't know what OPS, it's on base percentage plus slugging. So how much do you get on base when you hit the ball? How hard do you hit it? Now it's just my early barometer to see who had the biggest gap. Before I do that, I want to shout out Josh Bell. He's the most balanced player. His difference in OPS is .006. From the right side, he's got an 832 OPS. From the left side, 826. And shout out to Josh Bell on the year in general. Um, you know, his 2019 really looked like an outlier. There's a very easy way to say juice balls 2019 Josh Bell. For kind of a bad Nationals team, 27 homers and 830 OPS, same from each side. Good for him. Um, and by the way, Bell and Schwarber were like, they're going to be the keys to the National season. Yeah. Well, one click, they both kind of did. Didn't matter. Didn't matter in the end. God, and it's the NL East. Ugh. Ugh. NL East. So that's the most even uh, by a lot. Like another, I, no one else was like close to. Oh, uh, someone at the bottom here, Danny Santana, but he only had 127 plate appearances. Danny Santana, and it was bad from both sides. I, uh, I mean, just the fact that we're in this conversation, there's something I have to say. Say it. Um, I don't know if I've ever, I've definitely tweeted this, and you've probably seen it, and you probably know. Uh. My guy Bernie, man, his platoon splits are pretty awesome. Ooh, what are they? Um, from the right side, he's a two ninety two hitter, three seventy three on base. Uh, versus lefties, uh, three oh eight, three ninety seven on base. A little better as a righty, but he's just really good. People understand how good Bernie Williams was. Do it. A lot of times with switch hitters. Whatever your natural hand is, you're hit for average in contact, and whatever your the other one is is power. So you can think of a guy like usually if you're born righty, you're righty, you are more balanced. And then on the left side, you just gotta kinda got a raw power stroke. That's kind of the usual, at least like like the stereotype of it. I don't know, the data backs it up. So, one, you like this exercise? So I like finding the one. Okay. Because that's, and I think after perusing your data, there's not a lot of arguments for guys to fully shut it down. No, um, no, no, there's not. There's some fun, inter- com- there's interesting conversations, there's young guys. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I was worried about coming into this is that if your righty splits are a lot higher, that kind of doesn't help, you know, because the whole idea is you're you're seeing a lot more right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. So if you struggle against sliders away as a righty, you might as well still bang it out as a lefty and scrap what you can. Um, if your lefty splits are way higher, right? Then, that's, then that's that's the when Cedric you have to Mullins. Really start considering things. That's literally what happened with Cedric yeah. Mullins. All right, so the the first one, the biggest gap isn't a guy that's going to switch for that reason and because his he's not bad from either side. But it's your dude, Cattell Marte. Yeah. Cattell Marte's difference is 430 points. He is 430 points higher as a righty hitter than he is as a lefty so far this season. He has a 7.78 OPS as a lefty and a 1.2 as a righty. So when he does face the lefty pitcher... He's going off. He's got 100 plate appearances as a righty versus lefty pitchers, 224. His numbers as a lefty, he's 287, 
353 on base, 426 slugging. So, you know, that batting average and that on base are really good. 287 batting average, 353 on base. But um, the slugging is only 426. You'd like that to be in the fives. I mean, he slugs 758 as a righty. Cattell is interesting. Uh, on my snakes, people need to know how good he is. Um, over the last three seasons now, that's 268 games. 321, 377, and 923 OPS. Like center field, middle infield. Uh, my guy had a bad 45 games in the shortened season last year. Not even bad. He had a 732 OPS. That's like average. He's been killing it. Uh, he's a really talented ball player. More people need to know who he is. And I'll say this. I'm okay with having a little asterisk next, next to Cattell. Because the numbers, like I just said, are awesome. I mean, awesome. Especially versus righties. That if I'm Cattell, I'd take a couple hacks lefty on lefty this year. Maybe spring just training. Just in the offseason. Maybe spring training. Like a bad lefty. Like, you're taking some lefty-on-lefty hacks, just seeing how the swing feels, and it's almost, it's in your back pocket. Because as a switch hitter, you know, a 778 OPS from the other side, still good. Yeah, not bad. It's still good. It's just the 1.2 lefty, you're asking questions. Or if you end up in a righty slump, that's when things get loud. And not saying I'm rooting for it, but I'm interested. Spring training, just I'm interested. Go some, go some lefty rolls. All right, the next, the next highest is a guy I think a lot of our listeners aren't going to like be fully aware of. Mm. Abraham Almonte, thirty-two, Your boy, 32 year old um, journeyman, util outfielder, You're a big Abraham Almonte guy. I. Uh, he plays for the Braves this year, and uh, Abraham. But at this point, so he's got a seven thirty five. Where is he? Is his difference is three eighty two? Unless this is messed up. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a eight oh eight OPS as a lefty, mm. and a four two six as a righty. Yeah. So there's your guy. Feels like it ain't working. Feels like early on. Jeez. Stop hitting from the right side, Abraham. I mean, yeah. he only gets one at bat a game right now because he just kind of right. They traded for all those outfielders. Yeah, so he just gets a pinch hit at bat. But yeah, I mean, his, even career, you know, three hundred fifty three games. He's a seven thirteen OPS, which hey, you're saying that's not special. Um, it's MLB league average. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's a lot of people in the MLB every year who are below league average. So what's his career? Abraham Almonte trying to collect some more paychecks uh, from the hitting righty. It's a 587 career OPS. What's, that's that's out left, of the league. And a lefty. Verse verse righties hitting lefty. He has a 713 OPS. He's like league average, which is good. And by the way, when you play, you can get better. Yeah. So he should switch. If he's around next year, he should just, just hit just lefty. It's righty's over, dude. The yeah. team isn't even going to pinch hit you, righty. Yeah, he's just got to hit lefty. Righty's done. All right. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to become a superstar. He's 32 years old. But 
that dude should just hit righty. Dude, that's a uh, if I'm I Abraham mean, lefty. Al- if I'm Abraham Almonte, I'm telling my agent, hey, I only hit lefty now. I want to go somewhere where I can be the fourth or fifth outfielder on a team, and when I get my run, I'm gonna go off. Yeah, great. I think. Well, he's that's number. Huge. He's number one candidate so far. Next up, Abe. the next biggest difference is a 355 difference in OPS, and it's a rookie. So I don't think he's going to make any changes, but I'm interested to see his minor league splits, and it's a big rookie. It's a guy everyone knows. It's Wander Franco. Frank. Franco. We Frank here. Uh, as a, and this is he's worse as a lefty. He's got a 684 OPS as a lefty versus righty pitchers, and a one dot as a righty versus lefty pitchers. But this he's got 98. Played appearances against righties and a 173 against lefties. So we're not balanced here. He's better on the wrong side of things. You're looking for a guy that's better as a lefty to do it full time. But big difference for him. I mean, it's a big enough gap that you start eyeballing it, right? I mean, I mean, but every slash line as a righty is good. 356 batting average. 418 on base percentage, 621 slugging, one dot OPS as a righty. This I just got lost in the graph. So the top is what they hit or versus? How they're, they're hitting as a righty versus the opposite. Mm. So as a when he so when he's, Cattell's, Cattell's numbers on here are opposite. What? Why? What's what's Cattell when he's hitting lefty versus right-handed pitchers? So, let me get let me get there. Cattell versus lefties. So yeah, the whole conversation about Cattell is wrong. Then from my, from my perspective, I thought every time you look at the stat, it's versus that you have them how they hit. Yeah, which as a lefty. Gotcha. So, okay, throw out all my Cattell statements. Uh, sorry, everyone. He's not Cedric Mullins. He is not Cedric Mullins. That, yeah, that's what I was saying when we were talking about him. <laughs> that's tough. That's a little tough. Okay. Well, just so use this my is sheet. as they bat. I know, but if you, I use baseball reference, it's reverse because it says verse lefty, verse righty. I would have put that in. <laughs> so, okay. Lefty numbers, now righty numbers. Now I've got numbers. that. Yeah. This is how they hit. All right. As a lefty, yeah. Okay. I'm on it now. All right. So all my tell takes are absolutely reverse. Reverse them. Perfect. But you were with me on Almonte. He's better when he hits yes. as a lefty. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm going baseball reference. He broke my brain a little seems, bit. It seems like Cattell's the only time you got tripped up, which I is tri- okay. Because I was keeping it on the reference. That's on me. Because baseball yeah. reference does – I don't care what they do when they're the same. A lot of guys sometimes do hit lefty versus lefty, righty versus lefty, but it's when they're choosing opposite stats. So I, I cut out that stuff. Gotcha. So, the next up is Wander Franco. He's much better swinging from the right side. Right. Like, much better. Yeah. But you face more. It's a sw- I'd still try it, dude. Like, there's a lot of righties that have success against righties. The harder one 
is lefty versus lefty. So right. if you're a switch hitter and you're good left right. versus left, then you're probably good left versus right. Yeah, I mean, he's so young. He's so talented. Hitting lefty, he's bad. Okay, so let's... It's 57 games, so you need to see more. He's crazy talented. Mark it down, though. Like, it's of no... At a certain point, you do have to say, like, if this were to continue, you say your righty swing is so good, try it against righties. Um... But yeah, way way too early for Wander. It, Mullins as the example. I mean, he was also talented. He came up. He did like three years before fully committing. Right. So I but, wonder. I wonder. Has anyone asked him? An has anyone asked him if he's regretted not doing it earlier? I don't know. I haven't. I have not. Next one is uh, uh, established veteran Marwin. Had a tough season. Now back with the Astros. Mm. He's been much better as a righty uh, versus lefties than as a lefty versus righties. The, uh, the numbers are different. I don't know how much it matters, but when he steps in the batter's box as a lefty facing a righty pitcher, you can't even play him. So he's, he's turned into a guy that's a platoon player. Marwin. What a weird career. And that's so many more at-bats. He's got uh, 208 plate appearances. As a lefty, and the numbers are awful. Man, and that's crazy because career, it's pretty balanced. Career versus righties, 714 OPS guy, 727 versus lefties. Um, I mean, for me, that one almost says, like, injury. Like, did you hurt your right tricep at some point and mm. you just can't extend a bat properly? Cause They're like an oblique thing or something. Th- like that... That just feels not right. Or did he change his swing or what happened? Because that's, you know, the the shot at Marwin. And if nobody knows, I mean, his numbers, if you take out his numbers on the 2017 Astros, they're a clear outlier. Um, but outside of that, his splits are kind of even. He's like a kind of average hitter, both sides of the plate, plays every position really well. That's what Marwin is. So, yeah, that one... um. I'm smelling injury. Okay. I'll reach out. The only other one on here that's like uh, big enough to talk about is uh, another rookie, Jonah Heim. Mm. He's been much better as a righty versus lefties mm. than as a lefty versus righties. Not much you can do there. But his numbers yeah. as a righty are good. 281, 294 is terrible. What the hell, dude? Take some walks. 500 yeah. slugging as a righty, only a 308, 304 slugging as a lefty. He's swinging big. Yeah. Um, which I like that. You're a catcher, man. Hit homers. Follow the Zanino path. I think Haim actually is uh, one of five players above Mike Zanino in pitch framing. Some Ooh. Jake knowledge. Big time Jake knowledge. Whoops. Whoops. Sorry about you. Okay. I'm going to get back in the sheet. And I'm going to feel it. I'm going to put my body against the sheet. I, there's not much else going on if you want to look for, like, balanced hitters. Um, you could do – I could run a differential on slugging because I think that's fun. Mm. I can run that right now. Where's the pop? Yeah. I kind of like when guys hit from different sides of the plate and they're a different hitter, though. Yeah. That's fun. 
Like that was Posada. I don't know Posada's career numbers, but right. he felt like such a slugger from the left side and right. more of a gap to gap from the right side. Love um, that. Let's see. So slugging in my Google sheet here is A D and A A. Yeah, so this works. So some some will be negative, but you just let's find the biggest uh differentiator we got. He's an option. Oh, there's not any crazy ones. Oh, here's a crazy one. Yeah. Who's this guy? Cattell Marte. Yeah. Because that's what it was. He slugs from one side. It's all the same guys. The slugging is the difference. Did we talk about Albies and Edmund at all? No, we didn't. They're up there as well. Um, Albies and Edmund are also, they had uh, differences in the 150 range in OPS. Like Ozzy, I love because he has the open batting stance. So his switch hitting is almost like I just hate breaking pitches that go away from me. Like I need him coming into the bread basket. So part of me really respects that and likes that. Um, Both of those guys, Ozzy and Edmund, have the split that isn't like actionable. They're better as righties. Versus lefties, or they're better, yeah, as righties versus lefties, which you face left less uh, lefties. So, mm. seems like they're within a range that, yeah, any given year you can be that 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 OPS split. Yeah, but I mean, Ozzy batting average wise, as a lefty, two thirty, as a as a righty, three fourteen. Yeah, it's a huge difference batting average. And OBP, he's so much better as a righty. Well, and that's that's where it is. Slugging so much better. It's crazy. He, uh, you know, you get so many more at bats. He's got 455 plate appearances as a lefty hitter compared to 167. Yeah. So yeah, if I'm Ozzy, I don't like. I don't. I'm taking some right on right hacks. Maybe it's because I could never do it. Right. That I'm just like, well. I think there are a lot of switch hitters throughout history where you're like, I don't know, man. Like, just I don't do know it. If this was worth it. Just do it. My dad switched it for a year in college, and then the coach told him, like, stop. Just hit from the right side. I think, and that's where, like, man, I I went down the rabbit hole one day of best MLB switch hitters all time, and man, it's like how thin. The list gets quick. Who's up there? Mickey Mantle? Like, it's Mickey Mantle, Eddie Murray, Chipper Jones. And then, and this isn't shots fired at anyone, but, like, you know, this kind of falls into, we heard this on the broadcast, when CeCe Sabathia got his 3,000 strikeout. We were like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And then we heard he's the third lefty ever in baseball history. Was it third? Yes, I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. That he was the third lefty ever in baseball history to have 3,000 strikeouts. And you hear that sentence, and you're like, whoa. Switch hitters, man. It's almost like it's very much a make-the-show move. And then ditch it. Not necessarily. Like, it's a big advantage if you're really good at it. And there's been some guys, and... 
hey, Yankees are close to my heart. I mentioned Bernie, Posada. They've, they've both been brought up. Like Those guys, when they're in the meat of your lineup and you get the matchup and you're switching pitchers and all that, it's a huge advantage. But like this MLB.com has the best switch hitting lineup of all time. And, you know, Lance Berkman's on there. Lance Berkman, really good career. But when you hear he's potentially a top five switch hitter all time, it's kind of like, oh. Like, like, they, like they made their best at each position. Yeah, hitter. like they... they it's a game we would play. Here's the greatest switch hitting lineup of all time from Andrew Simon. Um, last year, June 17th, 2020. So, pandemic, getting your article out. Um, Tim Raines, Roberto Alomar, really hell, good baseball player. Hell yeah. uh, Mickey Mantle, Chipper Jones, Eddie Murray, Lance Berkman, Reggie Smith, who... Mm. I hate to be rude and not in my position. Book. Uh, right field, okay. sixty-six to eighty-two. Um, Ted Simmons at catcher, who like I've heard the name, but I don't really know. Like, so on each position, they have a backup of who's at that position. Like, this has the second best switch hitting catcher of all time, as Jorge Posada, and like. Hey, I know switch hitting's not everything, but when you put stuff in a realm like that, it makes it stand out a little more. Andrew Simon in this article. Shout yeah. out to my guy. I mentioned all the backups. So, like, as an example, they have the backup. So, this is, like, all second-team switch hitters. Mm-hmm. Like, number two. Yeah. Roy White is the left fielder. My dad's, your favorite, dad's player. favorite player. Frankie Frisch at second. Who's that? Frankie Frisch? I mean, that's an old school name. That's How are you spelling Frisch? F-R-I-C-S-C-H. I've Actually, heard of Frankie Fish, but again, like, I ain't, I ain't seen him play. You've heard of Frankie Frisch? He's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Uh, dude, that guy, his rookie season was 1919. It's a good watch. Won the MVP in 1931. Carlos Beltran, Bobby Bonilla, Mark Teixeira, Chili Davis, Ken Singleton. Jorge and Jose Reyes as the all second team switch hitters. So how many switch hitters are in the Hall of Fame? That's something I'd ask you. Switch hitters in the Hall of Fame. Oh, we got a sporkle quiz, Ooh. which means they're asking me the answers. And I'm trying to I would just quit the quiz. I yeah, sign I, in. Oh, I I back I How backed many? Out. I don't know. I backed out real quick. You backed out. Yeah. It looks like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 in the history of baseball. 20. So stop doing it, Abraham Almonte, and make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he's the answer here. I think we found our dude, Abraham Amonti. So you go to DraftKings, use promo code JOHNBOY. You find the player props for the 2021 season. You find Abraham Almonte, and mm. you bet that he uh, goes over whatever they put as his uh, numbers. You know, uh, DraftKings will have that. Sure mm. they will. I mean, everyone's got the Abraham Amonti player prop bet, bet in there. So go to DraftKings. You can bet, bet $1 on any football game, and they'll give you $150 credits that you can use to make your big Abraham Almonte bet. 
and mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a great time. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code John Boy to receive one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets when you place a one dollar bet on any football game. That's promo code John Boy this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be twenty one or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit, one dollar wager, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in Indiana. One eight hundred nine with it. Kenny Rosenthal, our guy, short king, put out an article that I found interesting today. That's what he does. Oh, yeah, every day he's doing articles. And it was about if they did approve the playoff format that the league right. proposed before the season started when they still kind of were, like, deciding things. And the union was like, no, we're not going to give you that. Right. We give you that, then what are we even doing? We got to CBA it, got to fight more. Um, and Kenny came to a conclusion that I'm interested to see if you agree with. I'm interested to find out if I agree with that. Mm. This season, if we did that format, his conclusion was it would be a rather dull September. So we took the format they proposed and made standings out of it. And here's how it would be. The Rays and the Giants would be the number one seed in each league and have a bye. They just would not play in the wild card first round three-game series. And I I do think it deserves to be mentioned. The Rays have kind of put on the brakes a little bit. We'll see how they finish these final ten games, but it's most likely they're going to finish with the best record in the AL. And, hey, if they just go straight cruise control because they have such a big lead on Toronto, Boston, and the Yankees, um, you know, there will be an argument there where this playoff format, I think it's important to note that the one seed is the big winner. The one seed gets the bye. So in the NL right now, the race between the Giants and the Padres would, or the Giants and the Dodgers would be like the biggest thing ever. Yeah, because you're going from buy to I think it'd be shit. the same, the same level as intensity. I mean, a buy dude. I'm a big, I'm a big buy guy. Loser um, gets three games though. Whereas clip. right now, loser gets one game. Right. So I think it's ju- I think it's worse now or but just I'm, as intense now. I am such a huge advocate of. Whether it's this or fantasy football, like the buy, you're safe. You're that is the goal is to advance. And man, you know, I know that it would bring in a whole like, well, will they be rusty? They've been sitting for four days. Don't care. I made it to the next round because guess what? In each one of those three game sets, there's going to be upsets every year. Yeah. So, like, to be safe, man, but still second. Gets three games instead of one, but I still think, and that's it. Doesn't so does so does team seven, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's why I think a lot doesn't matter, which right. is what we're going to get to. And the AL uh, right now, the second seed would be the Astros. The third seed would be the White Sox. Fourth seed would be the Red Sox. Fifth seed would be Toronto. Sixth seed would be the Yankees. Seventh seed would be the A's. In the AL, there's only one team that would be on the outside looking in and it's the Mariners. They'd be the only team worried about not making the playoffs. Uh, And right now we have the A's, the Mariners, 
the Yankees worried about not making the playoffs. And maybe, you know, Boston, Toronto, they were a little bit ago, but right now they're not. But so that's different, man. That's the games. The the games the Rays are playing right now and the Astros are playing now and the White Sox are playing right now are less than than the rest of the teams because they're sitting comfy and they have a lead. If all of those teams are sitting comfy and there's no risk of losing, like there's no real detriment because they're in, because below the Mariners, no one's even close. Right. So only one team's not going to be it. So as long as you're not that bottom team, you're kind of not pressure. So that's where Kenny is saying it'd be pretty dull. You're okay. I mean, right now, one of Boston, or excuse me, Boston and Toronto are in as of today. Yankees, Oakland, and Seattle are on the outset. Right now, Seattle would be the only team on the outset. They'd be a game back of Oakland. So they're still tight, and, I mean, those teams are playing each other right now, so that would be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, Yankees, Toronto, and Boston, I don't think they'd be sitting pretty because the Yankees are two and a half up on Seattle right now. So it's still, you know, but you'd be have, nervous. But they have Oakland the, underneath them. Right, absolutely. Um, by a game and a half, who Seattle's playing. So, like, I still think it would be interesting. I think what we're in right now, and we've been giving Bobby a ton of respect in this area, um, because right now how it's set up is pretty good. Like, in the American League, there's going to be one and a half pretty good teams not in the dance. And... You know, MLB would come right back and say, like, let's get them in there, and you get more games and stuff. But, yeah, it, it would be exciting. It wouldn't be as fun as it is right now. I'd love to look on the schedule and see, like, when that got locked up. Because it seems like those teams, a lot of them got locked, like, since August. We've known. A little bit. I mean, I, I think we are underestimating how frantic... The last month or so has been I mean between the Yankees Red Sox Oakland was in the playoff mix For a little bit They were out They were They dropped below be in Seattle in, They'd be in in this I'm saying who's By below, tomorrow they could not You know like Who's, who's below Seattle play. I'll get to Cleveland play. So when's the last time Cleveland was anywhere close To sniffing this That's my question I'd say Month and a half ago So if that, that So So The last month of baseball Would not have been as tight So you're almost In the worst case Looking at August and September not mattering that much to a lot of teams. You're making the playoffs, which is a lot of front offices' goal at this point um, for, you know, Cause all you, those teams except one. Because you weed out the two sides. You're, you're going to get more teams that are comfy, and you're going to get more teams that are out of it, and that right. middle team right now, we have Toronto, Oakland, Red Sox, uh, Mariners, yeah, Yankees, yeah. six teams. We have six, five or six teams. That are in that middle area, not sitting pretty, right? But also not out of it. So if you when this expansion would just shove more to the sitting pretty side, and you'd be looking at three teams for a month and a half. Right now, there's like the six teams that we just kind of fighting for two spots, right? I think it's five teams. Five teams fighting for two. Either way, yeah, yeah. Five teams for two spots. It would be, I don't know, down to three teams fighting for. Two spots at the end. It would be corner. a lot less stressful. I mean, you know, there'd be a lot more seating talk because um, I, I think, and you know, we were looking into the details of the playoff format. Like right now, essentially, the two wild card teams would be a heads up series. That would be a heads up game of three. So, like, you know, 
Yankees, Toronto, Boston, Oakland, who have all been in the mix there, you're either playing them or if you're below them. So the Yankees right now, if they win tonight and Toronto loses, they would jump into the five seed and they'd play Boston. Right now, they're playing the White Sox. I think you could ask any GM or baseball person and you'd say, would you rather play the White Sox or the Red Sox? And they're going to say you'd rather play the Red Sox. Yeah, but you so ask be any a GM lot person, would you, rather set up your, would you rather set up your lineup, your pitching, and get everyone rested, or would you rather fight for who you play? And they'd say, we'll just get ready. Because that's what it used to be. No one cared. It's true. No one even cared about home field advantage back in the day. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, the point that you're trying to get home, I mean, the last time Cleveland was in conversations about anything, the Angels were in conversations about yeah. anything, which... I don't know how that the affects the trade deadline or anything. The would have been decided like in August. We would know seven I, I of guess, the eight teams. Yeah. I guess MLB's comeback would be, well, maybe the Angels would have made a move for whatever and maybe tried to stay in the mix longer. So basically, even then, I think we're still getting. If you're four over 500, you're in the playoffs. There would be one AL team over 500 not in the playoffs, where in the National League. That's still a little up in the air right now because uh, the Dodgers. So we we talked about that. Like the the one seed becomes a lot more important, um, and then potentially St. Louis would get screwed because they would get the Dodgers or the Giants. Um, but again, that goes into the one game wild card, which the Dodgers or the Giants would sign up for. They'd rather have their season come to three games instead of one. Yeah. Um, since he would be in well, San Diego, would be before in we get today. fully into the NL, which is more interesting. Got to tell you about Roman. Tell me, because do hard penises interest you? Me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, with Roman, you have the confidence knowing that you can get, you know, correct for the sex. Cor- be correct with sex. Yeah. With Roman. You got to go to getroman.com slash talking and you, uh, you know, get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. You get the whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. You just go to getroman.com slash talking, complete an online visit, take care of your ED without leaving home. You complete an online visit today. You connect with a doctor and you take care of it. You got to go to getroman.com slash talking now to get $15 off your first month. There's a straightforward and discreet way to take care of your ED. Go to getroman.com slash talking. Get started now. Save $15 on your first month of treatment. Getroman.com. Roman ready. You're probably an over 500 team. Yeah. Roman, you're you're using this format. You're kind of sitting pretty. You're comfortable. Yeah, you are. Maybe it's less interesting for the spectators, but who cares about them? You're the oh, You have the confidence of the race. Spectators in the room are very interested. Ooh, in what I'm doing. Wow. All right. So in the National League, Brewers sitting pretty with this format. The Braves are there, kinda. They would be the three seed. That's the other weird right. thing because because division winners Divisions get the one, matter. two, three. Uh, the uh, Dodgers would be the four seed, Cardinals five, Reds six, Padres seven, and the Reds, Cards, and Padres, and Phillies, or especially Reds, Cards, and Padres, all fighting for the same spot. Those three teams cannot win their division. They're fighting for the wild card. The Phillies can also win their division and the yeah. wild card, so it's a little different. Those three teams are in a fight for the wild card, and with this, they'd all be 
two of them would be like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm trying to relive this and, and sink my teeth in. You know, the Cardinals' uh, uh, ascension, good word, uh, wouldn't ha- be as impressive. Because, like, you know, the Cardinals kind of came out of nowhere. I think the number going around was they had, like, a 2% playoff odds, and now they're at 77 or whatever. So that would not be as cool. The Mets' collapse, however, would have been a lot bigger and hmm. a lot more pronounced. Because, yeah, I mean, if you go old, or if this was the new playoff format, I mean, as of a week ago, the Mets would have been in it or all around it. Uh, So reliving that a little bit, that would have been uh, bad for Mets fans, especially at 3-7 and in their last 10. San Diego, their current on the opposite side of that, San Diego's current collapse wouldn't matter. No. Um, I guess it, I guess if Philly jumps them, then they would be out of the playoffs. Yeah, but which I is mean, still big, and we're still giving them shit for that. And and then where's the team below the Phillies? Is it the Mets? It's the Mets. So each new playoff format, um, unless the Phillies or San Diego crumbles, all of the 500 over teams except one from each division would make it in. Yeah. I mean, if they go to this, there's the Bob Costas method where the four wildcard teams do a one-game uh, elimination, like a you know one location, it's one stadium, and they play just a bracket, you know. Yeah. And you lose, you're out. You win, you have to you have to win two games to advance to the DSs. I like that the most. If they go to this, you shorten the season because nothing matters. Like there's just going to be so many empty games. Yeah. If yeah. they if they go to this, then you got to take. 21 games off the season somewhere Because it, it would, But they're not going to do that Because they want more games And more playoff games Because that's the most money But yeah you're just going to get a lot of like Uninteresting baseball from good teams Which I yeah. think is not the formula you want And more so For me And it's the best co- part of the Bob Costas Jerry Reinsdorf plan Reward the three division winners Make teams strive for that I mean, that's how you're going to get more teams, like, striving for excellence. Um, that buy And making huge splashes. That's, you know, difference makers. Like, that's, that's what we like. We like when, you know... Uh, Scherzer goes to the Dodgers and they haven't lost a single game he started. <laughs> right now, with the, the playoff format that was thrown out there, you know... Phillies, Reds, San Diego Who have been disappointing to different degrees Especially recently You know, those Two of those three teams are getting rewarded And they're saying we made the playoffs We did good And it's like, no man, I would have loved You know I would have loved if Cincinnati Traded for Trevor Story And they were You know, they were ahead of St. Louis Right now they're not You know, I, I wonder if you know, who knows what the Rockies were asking for Trevor Story at the time, but if Cincinnati knew how much, how long they were going to be in this wild card and now they're on the outside looking in, and you told them that at the trade deadline, you were a warlock or a witch and you gave them that, you'll be in the wild card and then you'll blow it. 
I don't know. We need to. We want to incentivize the good teams each year to get better. I'm rooting for Bob Costas. Always. 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 Yeah. All right. So there you go. Abraham Amonti and Bob Costas win the episode. Huge up for both of them. Yes. Think they've ever met? No. Three, two, one. No. No. I was delayed. My three, two, one. Uh, no. All right. We'll be back on Friday with the recap of the series that have been played. And then we have the rest of the season mapped out. Um, mm. And then, you know, we're going to be every day before you know it. As these games start. So that's going to be a ton of fun. A lot of live streams. So get excited. Be excited. Stay excited. Oh, wish it played. Jake Sox.